Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 334 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Really excited about today's episode. I'll be talking about tennis highs and tennis lows. A little bit of perspective in today's episode based on an experience I had just recently on the court demonstrating some returns of serve for a video on YouTube. Really quickly before we get to today's topic, I want to say thank you to Jay Zapita, I think, on iTunes. Jay, thank you so much for leaving a review of the show on the iTunes music store and or if you have an iPhone, the the podcasts app on your iPhone. Really appreciate that, appreciate that very much. And also before we dive right in, I want to let you know that we opened our coaching calendar for 2020 just recently and we have all kinds of coaching opportunities to work with Kevin and Megan and myself throughout the the year of 2020. We have doubles strategy coaching clinics here in Milwaukee. We have single strategy clinics here in Milwaukee. We are going back to Indian Wells for group clinics, which are filling up quickly. We have one-day private coaching packages here in Milwaukee. We have two-day VIP packages, which is all three coaches with one student, all kinds of different options, depending on what you're looking to work on and what your goals are. So just go to EssentialTennis.com. And up in the main menu, click on coaching, and you'll see all the different things that we're offering. And most of them have 2020 dates already in there, uh, but we've just kind of released those for the first time. So go check those out if you'd like to work with us and have us guide you down the path to tennis mastery. So last week, I was helping Kevin and Megan and the production team shoot a video about return of serve, which is on our YouTube channel now. You should definitely check it out. One definitely, I think the most comprehensive return of serve tutorial on YouTube for tennis players. Um, really excellent work by by everybody. And Kevin, Megan, myself were taking turns demonstrating different footwork patterns and combinations with different swings. And we were doing everything from defensive, like barely getting to the ball returns and talking about how to move our feet and swing, neutral returns and offensive returns. And so we were taking turns rotating around and showing how to execute different types of return of serve. And as we went through those different demonstrations, it was super interesting because all three of us, it was clear, had different preferences. We had different patterns that we had already trained And on the flip side, gaps where we were not comfortable. There was at least one pattern where where Megan was like, wow, I've never done it that way. Even though it's an important one and one that we were recommending in the video, we just about every topic come up with something that one of us is much stronger than the other because we've developed and trained different parts of our games in different ways because we have different playing styles. We have different backgrounds as players. And so we have different holes and gaps. And it's always kind of interesting for us as we go through and demonstrate things to learn for ourselves. A lot of times for the very first time, wow, I never really did this before. Even though it's something that we know is important, our knowledge far, far exceeds our ability to execute. 
And then that's generally, I would say, hopefully the case for most coaches. Your ability to explain, your ability to break down and analyze, your ability to guide a student through is actually much deeper and better than what you could actually demonstrate yourself. Otherwise, there's, I feel kind of, it's a kind of interesting topic. I, I, this isn't really in my outline, but uh, if what you can do is much stronger and more deep than what you can explain, then you'll be the kind of coach who's always like, oh, just, just do it this way and demonstrate and like hit an incredible, like beautiful shot. And the student's like, well, that looks great, but how do I do that? <laughs> and so for Kevin and Megan and myself, I'm pretty confident all three of us, I have 100% my knowledge far, far uh, is is far beyond my ability to execute. And so on this particular day, I found a, a certain pattern on my forehand, which is my by far my stronger shot, where it just made everything feel clunky and awkward. And it was just a, a combination of footwork pattern and swing that I had, had clearly neglected and I had never trained before. And so as I went through the process of trying to get a couple of good examples for the video, I kind of went down this path of it feeling more and more awkward and more and more uncomfortable. And I eventually got a few demonstrations that were that were usable. But throughout that process of maybe two or three minutes of Megan hitting me serves and me trying to do the, this certain pattern and this certain swing the right way, I just... I got to a place where I just felt really off and like my rhythm, my timing, and I was trying to focus on my feet and because it wasn't a pattern I was used to while still trying to hit a good shot for the demonstration, for the video. And so I started to feel super uncomfortable. And this is basically lesson number one is every player has gaps. Every player has things that they have not yet trained or they have not yet mastered, even if they understand what they should do, in air quotes, it hasn't been trained to a subconscious level yet where they just magically, automatically do it without having to think about it. And even, I I would be shocked if Roger Federer or Serena Williams could not point something out that they wish that they could do uh, without having to think about it. They're all, everybody on the face of the the earth (laughs) who wants to continue to do better than the last time they stepped on the court has something or a list of things that they wish that they could do and they're actively either working on or it's it's in the back of their mind that, wow, I wish I could do this. Maybe that's the next thing that I'll train. So that's lesson number one, really important realization and truth to just accept no matter what level you are. And so as I started to waver with my forehand, I... I started, whenever this happens, occasionally my forehand feels weird or janky or uh, jerky or my timing is off. And it brings me back to the past where two different times in my, in my competitive career, once in high school and once in college, my forehand completely left me. And I mean, it was like I forgot how to hit the ball on my dominant side and uh, really painful periods where my forehand went from being my biggest weapon, my most confident shot, to being a massive liability for both for about a four, five, or six-week period. And there was a lot of turmoil and a lot of uh, struggle, like personal struggle, both in terms of my tennis, but also 
you know, that kind of does something to your confidence and causes you to question yourself as a, as a tennis player. Wow. Do I really belong here? And what am I doing? Like, am I wasting my time? And have I, is all this work that I'm putting in, has it been worth it? Or have I been focusing on the wrong things? And just like a million questions start going through your head. Maybe, maybe you've experienced that. And so it's been really fascinating to me over the last couple of years to start to feel the early signs of that kind of path of maybe losing the stroke again and seeing my response mentally now. Because in the, ma- in the past, I would go through this huge, massive mental and physical snowball of like, there's always that first shot. <laughs> there's always that first swing that was like, oh, wow, what was that? Like, that was super jarring and that, and that was super uncomfortable. And then there's the thought that follows the feeling. There's the, the kind of the feeling first of hitting that terrible shot, that terrible forehand, which happened to me last week, where everything kind of feels foreign and like, whoa, what, what just happened there? And then what happens next is kind of the critical element, the linchpin. What is the thought that, that follows that feeling? In the past, it was a negative judgment. It was anxiety. It was worry. It was me saying to myself, wow, that was number one. Wow, that was terrible. And then number two, uh, just like a little twinge of what if, what if, what if uh, the next one feels like that, then what? And then if the next shot happens to feel just as bad or maybe even worse, then there's that next negative thought of increased worry, increased anxiety of, oh no, what's happening here? And there's this snowball that occurs of negative thought and the negative feeling and negative thought and negative feeling until in the past several times, I completely lost all confidence in the swing. It almost seemed like those neurological pathways were just erased and I, I lost all ability to hit the shot, even though it was my most confident one. And by the way, in the past, I've talked about this actually several times on the podcast, and I've given my, my advice and input on how to overcome this. If you do a Google search for essential tennis lost forehand, I think it is, or lost stroke, I give a very a detailed step-by-step process to follow to kind of come back from that place of feeling completely lost with a shot. So last week when this began to happen and there was kind of the early kind of warning signs, if you want to want to call it that, the early indicators that, wow, this could snowball and turn into something really negative, my mental mindset was totally different. Instead, and I, I'm going to tell you why, and that's really the core lesson here today, the thing that I really want you to come away with, instead of wondering what's wrong with me, like, why, uh, why is this happening? What, why does it feel so bad? Like, am I, am I totally off today? Or am I, is my forehand starting to, like, am I forgetting how to hit my forehand? Or is, am I going to keep hitting it like that? Is it going to keep feeling that way? You know, am I, am I forgetting how to do this? Am I losing the shot? Instead of wondering what's, what's wrong, like, trying to deconstruct like what the problem is, my internal response now and what happened last week was, wow, that didn't feel comfortable at all. And I had a reason for it in my head. I knew that I hadn't trained this before. I knew that I had not spent time on this particular combination of footwork and and shot and target. And so 
I understood because of my experience coaching over the last 10 years, because of the knowledge that I've gained and the, the development that I've guided my students through, I no longer had the expectation that my forehand should always feel great. I know now, I have the perspective to understand that there are huge ups, ups and downs, even if it wasn't the new footwork pattern. It's not reasonable for me to expect that every day will be a great forehand day just because I love my forehand. It's not reasonable to expect that because there are so many variables at play each and every time we step out onto the court. But in this particular instance, especially because I was trying something brand new that took me out of my comfort zone, I had every reason to understand and, and view this as a normal thing. And that's lesson number two. Now I understand that there are huge ups and downs in tennis, and it, it's due to the variables that we can't control, uh, like the environment that we're in, the court surface that we're on, our, how our opponent is hitting the ball, what their style of play is, how good their timing is, how consistent of a shot we're receiving or how inconsistent of a shot we're receiving your timing, how much sleep you got the night before, how well you're reading the ball, how distracted you are with your thoughts, on and on and on and on. Like there's, there's a million different variables. And when several of them line up not in your favor, then it's not, of course, you're not going to have a fantastic day on the court. And most days are like that. Most days are going to be average days. And that is sports. And that in particular is a, a sport like tennis where there are, are, there are so many variables and it is such a, a deep thing with so many different physical and mental and technical and timing. There's so, there's so many elements that work together, fitness and footwork and nutrition and hydration, it, it all has to come together to have a great day on the court. And so last week when I was demonstrating, you know, I'm not training as a player right now at all. Like we do these demonstrations and it's, it's great reminder and it's great refresher for us, but we're not going out there training as players. We are, we are coaches first and foremost, and we're not competing. We're not training. And so it's very natural for me to uncover a particular drill or pattern or demonstration that's super uncomfortable and that's normal for me now. And back in the day, I would not, not only would I have not viewed that as normal, but I would have viewed it as emergency. What, like, re, like red alert would have started sounding like the, the siren and lights flashing as soon as I started feeling uncomfortable and I would have gone into micromanaging mode. I would have gone into fix-it mode. And how can I overcome this right now? How can I keep my forehand from feeling uncomfortable right now in this moment? And that is ultimately, ironically, what caused me to descend into those low points as a player. I tried to control everything. I tried to make everything perfect every time I walked out onto the court. And not only did that eventually drive me crazy mentally, but it resulted in a lot of struggles with shots that I didn't need to struggle with. All I had to do is understand and, and accept that this is beyond my ability to control right now in this moment and just let it go. And I could have a fantastic experience even with something not being exactly where I wanted it to be. And last week, I, I experienced both ends of the spectrum. Last week, I had a, a much better backhand day than I ever would have experienced 
if I had tried to control everything and I was demonstrating, this was a different day of shooting content and I hit a whole bunch of backhand drives in a row, which normally I would avoid tremendously, but I just kind of let go and just, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to judge myself. I'm just going to do the best that I can. And I, I did much better than I would have expected, which was fantastic. And then I also had that different experience of on my strongest shot possible, feeling super uncomfortable and, and awkward, much worse than I would have expected. If you had told me, hey, you're going to demonstrate a bunch of forehands, I would have said, great, like I got this, no problem. And I had an experience where I was much lower on the scale than I ever would have expected. So I had both extremes in the last week or two. And my message for you today is you have to understand and accept that the number of variables at play are huge and accept that the experience that you're going to have on the court on any given day is going to be a mix. It's going to be high highs, it's going to be low lows, and it's going to be a whole lot of in-between. And that is a normal, healthy part of the tennis experience. Please don't be like I used to be and try to control everything and have every day be a fantastic day because the result ends up being frustration and even kind of having anxiety and, and worry about it to the point where you drive yourself into these big negative experiences of like losing a stroke. So I'm not concerned about losing my forehand anymore. And as a result, you know, as a byproduct of the concern not being there, I don't think it'll ever happen again. Because I, I understand that awkward swings are going to happen. And that's part of it. It's not a big deal. And so it passes now. I can go back out five minutes later and feel totally comfortable doing something else. And I hope that that can be the case for you as well. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube, where we are the number one resource in the world, providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.